You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Hey, uh, it's great to be here. I don't think it's really a, a good use of my time, considering I scored 200 on my memory test, but uh, I'm just going to do my Keanu Reeves impression for the remainder of the podcast, if that's all right. That, earlier we were talking before this started about uh, the actors, and that's my theory, is that uh, whatever his name is, Dane, whatever... Uh, I think he's trying to be Keanu Reeves and not understanding what makes Keanu Reeves lovable <laughs> and instead just comes off as like a sociopath because <laughs> he has no, yeah, he can't emote at all. You kind of have to sound like a surfer that just came out of uh, a coma and you, you, you sort of don't know what's going on. You kind of squint a lot and uh, talk about how cool you are. <laughs> oh God, it's a real slog. Fuck me. Me. I I have to start off before we get too far into the podcast that as a reminder, or if you're a new listener, typically, and this is just for context, I tend to be the um, more gracious, more more forgiving of a lot of the uh, of the content that we are the forced more optimistic. To... Yeah, sure. Um, uh, I tend to be that that little bright uh, uh, ray of sunshine through this podcast. Um, not tonight because this one was a f- fucking hard one. This one, this one took some work. This one, this one was a doing taxes. It was uh, joyless. Yeah, it uh-huh. is. It's a real interesting experience. We'll say that. And uh, in case you don't know or didn't happen to look at the title of the podcast, we saw Valerian's or Valerian and the City of a Thousand Valerian Planets. and the City of a Thousand Planets, yeah. based on the. Uh, the French graphic novel of a similar name. Yes, Valerian and Laureline, I think is her name. I think it's actually called like Empire of a Thousand Planets or something, but yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. So, uh, I don't even know. (laughs) Well, to to sort of give you, um, to walk you into this, um, what if, you know, what if James Cameron uh, picked up some of the cut scenes from Avatar and then someone tried to recount the plot of the fifth element to him uh while they were falling asleep Mm -hmm. and and he took notes uh on the bus so he's like he couldn't he was like his hand was jiggling around he couldn't take really accurate notes and so he just kind of like made some stuff up once he had to like reread them uh and then also someone gave him 300 million dollars to do it that's what you'd get (laughs) Oh, and then when it came time to cast the movie, he just cast his um, cousin, who who he promised he'd get into a movie one day. Uh, yeah, um, I, the thing yeah. with this movie is uh, we talked about it a little on the mini so is I feel like this is like a Dune situation, or uh, like I guess Sandman situation maybe that they've never tried it, but like I just don't see, think some things can ever be another media. Like there's some books that you just can't turn into a movie. There's... You also enter the uh, are brushed with the fact that we cover this in the miniset a little bit is that um, the Valerian graphic novel is landmark in French comics yes, for yes. most people, and, and and Luc Besson is French, um, and obviously he was inspired by a lot of what he read in this to do The Fifth Element, one of the more movies he's more known for because. There's so much in here, <laughs> like like flying New York City cabs and all the kind of shit you see in Fifth Element. So it's clear that like he was inspired by it, and then once he's risen to a level, he was had the opportunity to go back and but, do this. But see, that's book. what's weird. He did the Fifth Element, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the guy made the Fifth Element, which, for better or for worse, whether you like the movie or not, better. It's a good. Better. It's a, it's a better movie than this, 100. Hands down. Even if you don't like it, it's a better movie than this. But it's also, like, such a better, like, sci-fi movie. Again, even if you're just, like, it's kind of cheesy or it's weird or whatever. It's got, like, a weird... I guess that has, like, a weird love story in it, too. But, like, I don't know. That's just, like, such a better movie with, like, a better storyline and a better plot. This movie mm-hmm. really felt like it was, like, a 30-minute TV show plot wrapped into two hours and 15 minutes. Well, the the movie should have been retitled is Valerian and the City of a Thousand Sidequests. Because this felt like you walked in the room and someone was playing um, like a Dragon Age game and they went off to just make sure they cleared the zone of all the quests before they went back and did the main quest that you never get to see. Yes. Because yeah. it, it, 
every two minutes, a member of this group gets lost. And someone has to go talk to a bunch of pointless, you know, uh, uh, Watto from the Star Wars series characters uh, that talk in weird accents and are full CGI, um, which is difficult. And then they have to go obtain something pointless to get one piece of information to then go get the plot moving again just before so we, just so it can get halted yeah. there's literally a scene where she spends two, where uh uh what's her name the woman i have uh, uh, where Loreline spends Loreline, whatever something like that three set pieces she moves from three different distinct chunks of scenes to get the location of her dude valerian gets there he seems to just have been napping uh, and he gets him back on his, or she gets him back on his feet, and then, like ten seconds later, she's kidnapped. Yes. And then he has to now divert like four more scenes to go rescue oh, her. Such and- a long series of events just to go find her, and it's just like, wow, this. Why is any of this in this movie? Yeah, none of this takes you further to the story. You're not getting development. The only thing I appreciated out of those se- those sequences was that. Um, it was go- it was cool that at first it was Valerian, too cocky, who crashes, and Loreline has to kick a shitload of ass and save him, and then later she was kidnapped. Like it was it was good that there was like an, an equality to that. Like well, it wasn't I, just like a damsel situation. That was something like that I got, thought she was got weird to kick in this ass. movie. Is Loreline through the movie goes from being like badass to damsel in distress to lovesick puppy to like background set piece to kind of badass to damsel distress it it was like they couldn't just be like she's like the whole i would say arguably the real plot of the movie is whether or not they're gonna get married because they bring it up so fucking much and it's like it's they haven't earned it because i don't give a shit about either one of these two people like they start like with like the will they won't they get married thing it's like i don't know anything about these two people you just introduced them to me minutes ago why would I give a shit whether or not they get married? And I don't care by the end of the movie. In fact, I'm deeply upset she agrees to marry him because he's a huge piece of shit. And that is the perfect intro to this whole fucking movie because the beginning, I mean, we'll skip past the intro, the actual intro intro, which like Watchmen, I kind of liked. Well, but And, and uh, like Watchmen was just like, what song's been in a lot of movies before? Because <laughs> it was like, sure. it started playing and I was like, oh, this movie takes place in space and they're going to play Major Tom? Bold choice. Never seen that Bold before. Choice. And I'll rewind to that in a minute. But the, 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 the open to these characters is them in like uh, their budget store holodeck. Yes. And, and basically, the, like the people who script this out says, all right, we've got five minutes. How can we make every demographic of humanity hates the protagonist as quickly as possible i got it what if he gropes his colleague and brags about how smart he is yes what if he's like so overly aggressive towards a woman who and both of them play like they're both playing like neither one of them has emotions like they everything they say is just deadpan it's really weird and they both dead. They both deadpan. And the entire scripting of the scene is: What if I tried to fuck you in this hollow deck, and you were not super down, but I kept telling you about how cool and smart I am? What's, what's really crazy about that scene too is: so he, they're like laying there on this beach, and he like grabs her and like flips her over and is like leaning on top of her, which is like super aggressive and not cool. And in that scene, I was like, oh, these two hate. Like this girl hates this dude. Like, she is so not into him. She's forced to work with him, and he's, like, a playboy, and he's a piece of shit. But no, it, it appears as though I guess she's supposed to be into him. <laughs> At the end of the movie, I was like, wait, she was really into this guy? Because he's such a tool. It's so weird, because there's no point where you're like, I could see these two getting together. It was just like the movie ended, and they were like, well, they have to get together for the no people who care. And they also introduced this weird thing, and I was wondering if you could help explain this to me. Sure. Uh, so after she says she's not going to marry him because he's like, you know, he doesn't want commitment or something and blah, blah, blah. She brings up, she says, load his playlist and all these pictures of these women show up. What the mm-hmm. fuck is that? Is that like, like, because at first I was like, uh, it's a playlist. A, a yeah, playlist, but I was like, is it like a whole bunch of like amateur porn he made? Because like a playlist implies something plays like music I, I, or I, movies. I, 
I got this. In the future, there's like a social media uh, uh, entity called Fuckbook, which is where you keep a record of everyone you fuck, but it's public. And so she pulled up his his Fuckbook page and was like, gross, this, I have to scroll really far. Uh, That's not cool. But um, also, she had that on command. Yes. I want to repeat, they are coworkers. Just to get that done, we have not given any indication that they are dating yes or have established an outside relationship they are and, cool. and this is like and when i say like she brings up a list and it's like a bunch of pictures of women it's not like it's like 10 women on a wall it no, covers this entire hallway to the point where i'm like this dude slept with like 150 women that's real gross man that's that's too many people to have had sex with because he's like 29 <laughs> He's so he's not very old. I was like, this woman should definitely not sleep with this dude because he has. And let's talk about Dane. Let's talk about Dane DeHaan for a minute because I've seen him in a few other things. He was in uh, one of the uh, the 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 briefly uh, uh, Spider-Man movies. He was Green Goblin. He was in. uh, There's something I'm picturing, Matt, but I'm I'm spacing on it. But it's fine. Um, I think he's good and or fine. The only two things I have no problem with him are this and. A, a clip of him as the green goblin and he's terrible so i'm going off of two awful performances he was in uh chronicle i'm trying to fuck there's something else anyway doesn't matter um the point is that i i have no reason to think this guy sucks but he's so so miscast here because he's supposed to be playing this sort of like snake pliskin you know uh 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 uh, uh, uh corbin dallas like kind of like I've seen it all kind of tough. Yeah, he's hero. Like, kind of like the like Han, the original Han Solo, like before he becomes, you know, before he falls yes. in love. Like he, he's supposed to be like the archetype of like the suave, uh, you know. A rascal with charisma. Yes, yeah. but who inside has like a heart of gold. Who you're like, I can identify with this dude. Like this is all kind of a show because he's, you know, this is like compensating for other things. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, okay. But but instead we get this uh, again. If Dane DeHaan ever listens to this podcast, I'm sorry, but he does not have the visual screen presence of an action hero. He has the screen presence of like the guy you go to to buy weed if your real guy's busy. You yeah. know what I mean? He's like like he's like in a Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> he's the guy in the background when Tom Cruise goes to talk to Simon Pegg. <laughs> He's mixing some like e- like beakers in the background. He looks like like your friend that can speed run Sonic and worked at Blockbuster for like six years. Like he just looks like a guy from your town. He has no like energy or machismo of like an intergalactic superstar. And so and, the and, whole and, time, and what makes it even worse is he does not have that. But then he is also playing it with zero charisma. So he's, like, not only right. does he not, like, kind of, like, have, like, the swagger as, like, in physical, the way he's moving or talking, you know, he's talking, though, like a goddamn robot. Yeah, he he and Kara, to a, to, a, to a lesser degree, but also talk in a strange monotone. He sounds like he's trying to do, like, a Keanu Reeves impression, but he has, like, a cold. Like, it just isn't, it, it's not getting there, and it, it's it's very forced. Or he's trying to also, do a, a Keanu lot- Reeves impersonation based off of a just a Matrix trailer he saw. <laughs> yeah 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 and and it seems like i feel like this a lot through the movie that they their lines feel 80 yard which yeah, makes it even yeah. colder and distanter and i know some of this probably has to do with the fact that they're like because this movie is 99 percent cgi they have to do all of their acting i mean excluding all the bad scenes together but most of their non you know valerian and laureline scenes have to be done at like what i assume is just like a stick with like a green ball oh yeah yeah this Um, entire thing is filmed in just like a garage that's green yeah it's i i i totally get that that sucks and it's probably very hard to to maintain an exceptional performance when you have no one that you you have you have nothing to bounce your your lines off of but even outside of that consideration these both of these characters are struggling to bring anything to these characters to the point where this if if i gave out awards for movies that i skipped i used the 30 second you know Mm -hmm. like forward button this one took it by a mile i was just i had no patience for them 
to talk to each other. I just needed to them to get to something happening, and then I'd watch for a while. And then they start to talk about, like, how cool one of them was or how much they wanted to fuck the other one. And I was like, all right, let's move ahead. I don't have time for this. Yeah, yeah. I watched, because I'd seen this movie fuck before. Me. I watched it one time. Uh, but I, like, half-watched it while I was, like, drawing. And uh, so I was watching it this time, and I got halfway through, and I stopped. And I was like, I'll watch the rest tomorrow. And when I went back to watch it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this scene. And I fast-forwarded, like, five minutes through because I was just like, I don't care. Like, when they went to go get the the jellyfish, I was like, I don't need to watch this. This is such a pointless, boring scene that serves no purpose to the movie. They, they could have just been like, oh, I turned on his tracker. I found him. That would have been, like, you gain nothing from that scene. So it's just, like, so weird. And that's the way I feel with, like, a good, like, 45% of this movie there's no reason for it to be in the movie it serves no purpose yeah it's just like yeah, a, a of... it's just like a like a truck stop on the way to your destination you don't need to get off but i guess if you and gotta this... pee you might as well you know what i mean like there's just no reason for these scenes but this but it's not like the kind of fun the fun rest stop where you're on like no, a trip yeah and, i mean and you, and you pull off and you're like oh cool they've they've got uh yeah, like you stop at like the biggest ball of yarn or something like, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, we'll go to this diner and get a shitty hamburger. No, it's like you, it's like you're stuck on a mega bus, and they pull over. And it's like, man, the only thing they have here is uh, an abandoned Arby's and a and, and a uh, toilet that like... definitely will not flush. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's um, just there. Like there is, if you count from the time he chases after when they kidnap the commander to the time they actually find them, you could cut that entire part out of the movie, and it would change zero of the movie. He learns no a... information while he's like they learn no information about what they're doing. It affects yeah. nothing else in the rest of the movie. It is just like a set piece that's not good, and and it's like the first really bad part where they turn uh, Lorne into people... just a straight damsel in distress. She can't do anything. It's weird. A lot of people complained about in the Last Jedi when we had this diversion to the casino planet that it felt pointless. Oh, it definitely um, was. <laughs> And if and if you felt that way, then get ready for the third act to be three of those in a row oh, yeah. with no break. This movie, at one point, I, I while watching it, this is I was like, did the guy who did uh, whatever that Rain Johnson? I was like, did he help write this movie? Because there's so much pointless shit in it that goes nowhere, and like scenes that completely destroy like the female character. That I was like, I feel like he wrote this because <laughs> there's just like these weird scenes they put in where they're just like. What if Laureline's just incompetent? It's like, wait, I thought these two were just, like supposed to be the most badass soldiers in the entire galaxy. But one guy can't fly his fucking space shuttle, and the other one goes to rescue him, and instead of just walking back to her space shuttle, they just hang out where she finds him. And then she gets kidnapped by touching a butterfly. <laughs> Which is yeah, a it, literal point it's... in this movie. She touches a butterfly yeah. and gets kidnapped. So that tells you how dumb this fucking movie is. But uh, let's run a few things down, because the intro to this movie is something I actually liked. It felt super Watchmen intro-like, yes, where yeah. this movie, the movie takes you in a pretty clever way into where we're at uh, by, by establishing like a, a, a scene, like an environmental context to like the time frame we're in, by showing the International Space Station accepting like, um, a new a new component that comes with the engineers from a Chinese space station yes. and then joins together. And that repeats with other nations. And soon you see this evolution to where it's like, it seems like there's Iranian astronauts and there's, um, there's Indian astronauts and they're all arriving but and joining into this noticed. ridiculous this is, spaceship. This is just something I wanted to point out. Uh, like the Chinese space shuttle gets there. Then 11 years later, it's like already a full functioning like sci-fi space station. I'm like, eleven years is not that long of a time period yeah, to have completely really revolutionize it really space. Isn't. Like, because it's like you can't live in space right now. It's not possible. But it's like so insane. And then the next time they show it, it jumps like 150 years. And I'm like, well, that's a real arbitrary pick. But yeah, you start seeing uh, aliens start showing up. They you get introduced mm -hmm. to the first alien, and the whole montage eventually... is they keep showing the the person who's kind of in charge of the station walking and shaking hands with the people who are joining so you're introduced to all these weird alien races who i think only one of them ever appears again um but you're introduced yeah, to all right. this and they explain what the city of a thousand planets is it's a gigantic space station where inhabitants from every planet like all the planets in the solar system or the galaxy have come and they live in this thing and then they shoot it out into space 
and you get like this weird scene with rucker howard as the president and then he never appears again <laughs> it was yeah. like he was on i was like oh rucker howard is in this and then they, he just never came back i was like that seems like an odd pick to just be like i would kill for like a rucker howard like being like get me whatever the plot point in this movie i would have almost preferred um, rucker howard to be uh clive owen then then clive owen yeah clive owen uh aka dr villain like just hi i'm hi i'm general gonna gonna be the villain like nice to meet the you the only way it um, could be more clear he was the villain is if he had turned around and he had God. like a hitler mustache <laughs> like he's, I, yeah he's basically like snidely whiplash he's like such a character of a villain i, I think every every person on the planet like knew instantly this guy was bad and he comes in like lex fucking luther and just starts sneering and talking about destroying shit eight foot tall like robots that are carrying these mammoth machine guns like no good person in the history of the world is followed by armed guards if if rutger hauer had remained in the movie and seemed like a cool benevolent leader and then it turned out that he was hiding some dark shit and that was like the plot way better way better and then what you that's like the other thing is the plot is basically like this was the weird part so the story don't even you know post don't even try to define the plot it is so it is so convoluted and silly but the point that got me is like all right the initial if you take the base plot which is the federation destroyed a planet that had sentient life on it during a battle and they wanted to cover it up so nobody knew they killed all the this they killed an entire planet you're like, okay, that could be a movie. It'd be an odd sci-fi movie because that's more of like a thriller, but I at least get it. But then it turns out the reason he covered it up was because the Federation would have been open to lawsuits. That's his reasoning that he says. Yeah. We would have, yeah. the economy would have been destroyed. I was like, so not the fact that you would have lost, like the, the military would have been blamed for killing an entire population. People would have been okay with that. But the survivors might have sued. It was like they undercut genocide. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It, it was such a crazy cut to like what could have been an interesting. And then uh, those people just get their planet back and then nobody knows what happened. I was like, there's, plus, there's no comeuppance. Plus, the result was that they were in a battle with some anonymous enemy that's not identified. That was a huge, a genuine threat, as far as I can tell. Yes. It was a genuine concern. Yeah, they never say and, it was just, like, a border skirmish. Or yeah, like, where it was, like, two, right. two, like, mining companies fighting. Like, they appeared to be an like, alien race trying to kill us. For what we know, they, they, saved, they saved the city of a thousand planets and by possibly doing this. And possibly, you know, like, the whole universe. We have no idea. Sure. They don't, they don't really say what the threat is. And in their efforts, they disabled the enemy's mothership, which loses control and drops into the atmosphere of a, a bystanding planet and crashed into it, destroying it. No entity would blame them for that successfully. Yeah, like, it is like, also insane, like, because they would be like, even if you knew the planet had people on it, what would be like, you'd be like, well, you should have just, I guess, flown away? Like, you're, you're, you're in the middle the of a battle. battle, there's nothing you can really do. And as I mean, it was so weird. Like they could have done something because it really wasn't... cool about like they had killed them for the ju- the jewels and then had lied and said it was a consequence of the war, right? Or like something. their enemy made it onto the planet and like that guy was like, "Well, we can't afford them getting away. Just blow the whole thing up, right?" You know, something that's just like, "Whoa, too far, too too far, too far." But just like, just like a a, a catastrophic side effect of an important battle decimated a planet that that was not intentional that's the plot like that that's the big secret and of course the fact that he covered it up and then commissioned robots to murder everyone actually makes him a villain but none of that tracks like none of that feels real or believable or 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 worth any of the effort that was gone through in which in in the in the two hours of murder these 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 two fucking characters wreak i mean he he runs through 15 distinct ecosystems destroying yes. each of them <laughs> the scene where they're just like you're gonna run straight there i'm like this pot this cannot possibly be the quickest route because these people are just walking how can he not catch up to them he runs through and destroys and one of them is full of water so i can only imagine yeah. when he punctured a hole and wherever it was all that water's gonna come out that's how water works you're, 
You're bearing the lead because the last wall he punches through is the outer wall. Yes. Thus, <laughs> just decompressing 15 chambers behind him. <laughs> he probably killed Fuck like me. 85 people or 85,000 people or whatever. But let's talk because we spent a lot of time on how bad their chemistry is and how bad this plot is. And I want to rant about some of these dumbass scenes that they put together. And the biggest one, after we've done like setting up this bad story and watching these two stare blankly and coldly into each other's eyes, is this big mission they go on, which um, they, they, they land on the a desert beginning. planet. Yeah. And yeah, again, like, I feel like this movie is all like, if I were to like just explain to you what the scene was in like a broad sense, you'd be like, that sounds like it could be really cool. And I think it could be. But yeah. they never manage to make it cool. <laughs> they don't apply rules. They don't explore it. Uh, it becomes a hot mess. So let me run this down real quick. They land on a, this desert planet, which contains a secret city. No, I guess not secret. No, it's, but, it's but a, in another a, dimension. A, a, a city that, that exists in another dimension, um, but it has sort of like... It, 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 it's hard to explain. It overlaps with like a real world. So you go there, and you can walk around on this desert landscape, but you wear this gear that allows you to interact and see yes. this other dimension and instantly um, which is a rule that, that which is a rule that sounds good and they break it one thousand yes. times they they mention that it's like this thing where they, it's i forget what it's called like big cartel or something i forget what it is uh big market big market i, I gave him too much credit by picking a word that wasn't just what it was uh but they they keep saying you can only see it if you're wearing this headgear and you can only interact with things by wearing these gloves. And when you're wearing the gloves, the only thing that can interact with it are your hands. They instantly, within seconds of introducing this plot point, change it entirely. To the point where, if you're wearing the gloves, this hologram of you is somehow susceptible to damage. Because he keeps being afraid. And I'm like, the only thing it can attack is your hand. Because you're yeah, not the hand in is, the world. You're not in the and world. And the one guy scared. dies when a dog jumps on his hologram. And I'm like, wait, yeah. which is it? Do I need the gloves to interact with stuff or do I not? Because if my body is there, what the fuck do I need the gloves for? And the setup is so good because they land with this small battalion of troops who apparently are going to do nothing because they all arrive in this fucking Fortnite school bus yes. and then they all disembark and then they, they just all just the wait one there. guy. <laughs> They're basically just like an Uber with guns. Yeah, it's <laughs> they, they they take over one guy whose job it is, is I guess, just to watch. Um, Which, by the way, if you have takeover guy tech, that's good. That's good tech. Yeah, bring that back into the goddamn movie. Or that's here, here's an idea: if you have an ability to take over a guy, how about you walk him into the thing in the hat? So if something happens to him, you don't give a shit because he's not you. You're overtaking. You know what I mean? Like he apparently can control this guy 100. percent So why not make him put on? the hat and the gloves and walk into big market. And then no matter what happens to that person, you don't care. Cause once you've, you know what I mean? Like it was just such right. a bizarre, they had this but, idea and then they make like a big deal. She has to sneak in and it's like, why'd she have to sneak in? It's an open air market. It's not like it, it's not, like it's Fort Knox and he like, right. And he's like mission impossible. I'm going to sneak in as a, as a tourist and I'm going to go in a bathroom. And there don't appear just, there don't appear to be guards on the material world there there are all, some but they're mostly just watching i guess to make sure people don't try to steal anything is what my understanding I guess. was but let me run this down because conceptually it sounded really cool they, they they walk onto this material desert which is just empty yes. and then when they put the goggles on they are even though their physical body like vr their physical body is walking around the desert they can through the gloves and the and the visor see and interact with the world in different ways then uh, 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 he uh, he acquires he he meets a guy in in meat space in the material plane, and and acquires the guns that he can't get into the other dimension because they're not allowed, which is immediately proven wrong when everyone has one. No, um, here's what here's what it is: <laughs> you can't bring a gun into the desert world because you need a box to like bring something from your world into that world. So right. he has to go and get this gun, and it's really weird because there appears to be a guy in the real world, or in our dimension, we'll just say that, who has, like, set up a stall. But what the fuck is he selling? Because he's in the middle of a place that no one is actually going to for any other reason than to use the interdimensional goggles 
to go to this other dimension. So, like, yeah, it would be this like guy is so a... obvious he's doing something he shouldn't because he has, like, a booth set up. Yeah, and this happens all the time. Like, at one point, at one point, Valerian's running from some guys and he jumps up into, like, a car and runs across the top of the car. And when we cut back to the world, the car is also there in the desert. And I'm like, wait, what are the... <laughs> How does this... Like, there's buildings in the other dimension, which they're running through. Yeah, and then they keep doing this weird thing, which, like, visually, it looks cool. Which a lot of this movie, I think... Sure, like, yeah. If you had seen this the in theaters, cool. I think a lot of people would have been like, oh, this is pretty dope. But he, like, does this thing where he's, like, running, and he's jumping over stuff in the real world. So it's, like, mirroring the stuff he's jumping over in the other dimension. But it's, like, the other dimension is three-dimensional. And there appears to be multiple levels, and he's gone up and down already. So he could yeah, like, be I, on the normal ground that he's on. So, it, like, they just never, they didn't explain. None of the tracks. Yeah. But then the main scene is he, this is also stupid, because the main scene is is that there is a John Goodman-voiced Jabba the Hutt character who is buying and selling, you know, rare, you know, uh, 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 contraband. And, the, and the, the people from the destroyed planet are there to get their shit back. And so... They cut to this scene with what's his name walking in, like in 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 the in the 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 secret in the big market dimension, walking through past a bunch of guards who who look a little suspicious, but that's needless because you know the the desert's just open. You could just like walk anywhere. Yeah, and that's what's like so confusing. Like they set it up, and then it's like he can make himself invisible. So it's like. Okay, so that physical form that's there, that the, the like your body is not actually there. It's just a. I'm going mad. It's like a re- it's like a computer representation of you. But then they act like if something happens to it, you'll die. And it's like, but you'll no, die. it can't because it's not real. You're a like a you're. I, it just didn't make any because sense. Moments later, Kara walks up next to him and places a box down on the table that she can't see uh and and it it appears you know it appears in the other world but she just like walked up from behind him which it seems like he could have just done that at any point just walked up to that square of dirt and been behind the bad guy and then like made himself manifest with the gun but more important than that is he goes to this elaborate thing to put his hand through a box to teleport his hand into the world and have a gun in it which actually that part is hilarious a little bit and and cool i was on with that if the rules were consistent but then as he's holding up John Goodman alien, he reaches over with his regular hand and picks up the pearl off the desk and says, cool, I'll keep this. I'm like, what do you mean? Yes, that was, yeah, it was so, and then he has it in the real world. And I'm like, but I don't understand. Okay, it was just we burned like a half hour on this one scene, but I was, I wrote so many notes about how inconsistent fucking mess this was. Just, just imagine us ranting for another hour because I have the material. Like yes. it is a uh, fucking here. Here, are just uh, one of my notes. When the desert guys <sighs> pulled up, I said these desert guys look like they're at a budget comp- cosplay contest. You ever see a thing where they'll do like uh, yeah. they tell you to, they pick like budget Star Wars and then everybody does it for like five dollars. These guys just look <laughs> yeah. like they're wearing like shit they found at their house. Like the one guy was like, "I own a tan shirt," and the other guy's like, "I got a a tablecloth." And a... they all required like the the. You know the uh, Endor Rebel like like shoulder shoulder blank like camouflage yeah, blankets. Yeah, like, like, but then they just went and got like 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 the plastic like soldier kits for kids from like the, for the Halloween store. Like it's just these dumb hats. Like the one hat had a purpose because it ended up being that the guy was like warging into people and using like the hat as like his you know connection. Yeah. But the rest of them just look like fucking idiots and, yeah, and were, yeah. were essentially Yeah, and they, they all look like they should have been from an anime, which I'm assuming they're from the comic book, I think. Maybe, I or maybe not. If not, then they definitely Let's stole hope. that look from a, an anime. But I, I, this, there was also something else I just saw in my notes that was, all right, so when the movie starts with him, with them, they're, they're dressed in bathing suits because they're at this holodeck. They're flying in, and Herbie Hancock comes on. He's like their contact. And he says something about the way she's dressed. And she's like, oh, yeah, I should go get into more appropriate clothing. Did you see what her more appropriate clothing was? A yeah. different yeah. bathing suit with, like, a sarong over it. I was like, wait, what? You're in the exact same outfit. One of them is just black. This one's gray. That's not a... It was such an insane... I don't know why it really got me. Because I was like, what a bizarre... Like, w- put that line in and then just make her change into a different bathing suit. And why was she in a bathing suit? They're supposed to be, like... 
tech this, spies. And nobody else is dressed like that. It's not like everybody else at this place is dressed in bathing suits. They're all dressed normal. She's the only one. Loreline reminds me so much of when we watched um, Barbarella, where she is she is essentially dressed in underwear for the entire movie. And also, both her and Valerian's positions are super vague. They both have the exact same conceit when this movie begins, which is like, you meet the characters and someone's like, hello, like kick-ass space person. And you're like, wait, what are they? Are they like, are they agents of the government? Or yeah, are they, are they like they, bounty hunters? The military? Or they never do really explain it. And you never can like, it's the same with Barbarella. You couldn't pin down, is this person like a Han Solo-ish, like dashing, like I guess I'll do the right thing kind of like uh, rogue? Or are they like an official member of like a, a, an organization or a unit? And if so, what jurisdiction do they have? Are they like, what's the thing from Mass Effect? Um, the, the the Spectres, you know, like, well, they're just like the, uh, like the commandos that just have like carte blanche to like save the universe. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. And they never explain it. They're just like, hey, they, how badass are these two? Well, they're going to go do some stuff. They appear Get to ready. be soldiers who just have a robot ship. Yeah. They just seem to be. There, there's also a line dudes. at the end of the movie, which got me, um, well, we can maybe get to it later. Let's, oh, let's keep going through the rest of this stuff. You've just let you just walked me right into my next angry point, which is that um, they like I say that, but we we learn that they're agents of the government, the government that appears to be centered here on the city of a thousand planets, which is a big jurisdiction. That place is fucking huge. Yeah, also their jurisdiction so, appears to be space, which is awesome. And, yeah, <laughs> it just seems like pretty confusing. The Federation's like, yeah, we're in charge of space. Ish. But Valerian and Loreline are arriving from God knows where back to what is their main shit. This is where their shit is. They, they do shit here. Yes. Like, this is their shit. And as they fly in, Loreline's like, computer, tell me all about the place I live. <laughs> yes, and it's also, like, what really makes it insane is even if you're like, oh, they're not from the, the city of a thousand planets. It's like, at this point, it'd be like me being what's, like, what's New York City? You know what I mean? It's like, I just assume it's like everybody knows what it is. Even if you've never yeah. been there, you'd be like, yeah, it's a gigantic satellite in space that has thousands of people living on it. It's the biggest place in the galaxy. Their entire operation, and they're, they're legendary heroes, so they have to have been oh, here they before. definitely have, because one, they know those three fucking snout-nosed bird people. Exactly. So they've definitely been there, and they appear to know who Clive Owen is the entire time. Like, they've talked to him before. When they walk in, they're, they're not, like, surprised to meet him. They're Like, they greet him as if, like, yeah, Valerian and her are here all the time. They have their... Sh- they have their ship read the Wikipedia page for the for 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 the yeah. City as if of you had gone to the to look arrived. up the comic and then we're like, what's this city of a thousand planets? It's so weird and jarring, and it's like I already knew what it was. It doesn't help me to be like, there's over eighty thousand different species or something. It's like, and if you wanted helpful? to find the perfect example of show versus tell, you can't go any further the wrong direction than literally an anonymous voice just dictating to you the population and demographics of the place that you're going. It is the laziest... And if you are going to do it, I've ever seen. just have it be like, what? you've arrived at your destination, you know, the city of a thousand planets, current inhabitants, and then have it like, home, have it be like the computer to just, a thousand different fucking... Yeah, you know, like have it just like the computer is telling you where you are. That, But for her to be like, tell me about it it's like how do you not know what it is this is insane also you work for the government and this appears to be a mammoth government facility it was very odd and and confusing uh, um uh, this is absolutely the hardest left turn segue but i've just noticed this noticed this i always have um i always have the imdb imdb page open for the movie we're doing up when we do this podcast mm-hmm. because i have the world's worst memory of people's names so I like to avoid the um um ums so I could just like glance over. And as I glanced over, uh, I noticed something. Um, <laughs> an old game of mine was to read IMDb's plot keywords off to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the plot keywords are shown uh, only in part a couple of them. The ones that get the most sort of, I think, search results to this page. Um, so I just wanted to read the top five that appear here. Um, they are uh, hard body, gross mini skirt, grosser girl wearing a mini skirt. Okay, that feels like the same thing as mini skirt. <laughs> Woman wearing a mini skirt. Okay, so I guess it's like an age component. And here's the next one: woman wearing a mini skirt. 
What is like one of is woman spelled wrong in one of them? Um, one of them is mini space skirt, and one of them is mini skirt. One word. So if anything, we've learned once again: the internet is the grossest shit ever. <laughs> That's this fucking movie. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, I wanted I wanted to cover a, a couple scenes that make me angry in this movie. Um, we, we we sort of touched on it earlier, so we're given this lead in to the idea that there's some sort of something going on with this clearly very good guy Clive Owen character. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have this, like, I guess this fucking lizard that can replicate anything on the world and it's the only one left. As long as it's small right? enough for it to eat, I guess. I guess. Or maybe it can only yeah. remake precious stones because they only ever feed it a pearl and <laughs> a diamond. But um, uh, uh, after they've arrived, the meeting of, like, even though we've, clearly seen like arguably 15,000 different alien species we go into a meeting room which could just be i think the boardroom of a la quinta inn um yeah. because it is it's it is just, just a great it's just a great it was like an unpainted set room it's just um, like a bunch of podiums like i was like seriously this is where all the leaders of all these places come you guys don't even have fucking chairs like, it's just like everybody grand- stands up behind a podium. You know how uncomfortable that would be? It, it should be, like, the grandest room of all time. It should be, like, the Senate, the the Galactic Senate in, like, you know, Star Wars It should or whatever, at least look just... like the United Nations. At least give me something. Yeah. <laughs> like, some marble or something. It looks like I filmed it in my basement. I was like, turn the lights off, and we'll hang a couple of flags in the background so nobody can tell that's wood paneling. But it turns out it's just this, it's, it's a simple room with no security. Mm-mm. No reinforced walls, no guards. Uh, well, I would no, argue just... that all of the walls in the space station are essentially made out of uh, like paper. Like it's like yeah, it's like just, in a feudal Japanese house. Like you could just walk through every wall because anytime someone needs to go somewhere, it's like just why don't we go through this wall? <laughs> because the 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 uh, uh, the denizens of the planet that have somehow survived and come to this this this. Uh, you know, giant space station and somehow establish a secret society inside the middle of it that no one can know about or see or learn. And fuck me. God damn, this fucking movie is so stupid. And then they, they come bursting through the wall. Um, what's adjacent to the secret room where all the, like, I apparently like a, a closet or a men's room or something. Cause they appear to just come through like a wall of conduits. And it's like, because I picture a room like this being like the Situation Room in like the White House, where you'd have to go through one thousand secure zones to get there. You know what it kind of reminds and- me of is in that the new Star Trek series when they did that uh, the end of the darkness or whatever, where the entire Federation meets in an above ground room with a oh, yeah. gigantic glass window that's not bulletproof, and there's no no fly zone. You can just get a ship right up to the Federation headquarters. And nobody's like, should we shoot that down? Because they can't. I, that scene in that movie kills me. That's what this felt like. It was just like, oh, we need to have a meeting. Does anybody have a room open? They're like, yeah, there's one on the fifth floor. You guys can get to that. Because it yeah, doesn't it's feel just, like it's a place It's just in go. like a tin roof shack next to a parking lot, apparently. That's all I could imagine. Because they just come through that wall and then leave effortlessly. They cut to like some other room of government people who are like, like some guy who I imagine is in charge of something walks up to a door and presses the button. And it doesn't open. And he turns to his mic and with the grimmest voice ever says, we're trapped. I'm like, Really? That's all you have? <laughs> the, the other thing I love about that scene is um, they cover everybody in, like, this weird glue. It's like this, like, cocoon thing. I don't want to talk about what it looks like okay, and what's happening. True. Here's what gets me, though. Later in the movie, she's like, they didn't try to kill us. It's like, um, actually, everybody but you two and the general are dead because there was no air in those. You left all those other people to die because when you all get cut out of them, you're all like, <gasps> it's like, yeah. um, no, they meant to kill you. They knew you were going to die. Let's not go past the other thing this movie does, which I've always mocked Bond movies for having a sequence in which Q is like, hey, this is like an inflatable tuxedo jacket that also has uh, an anti-shark spray that comes out of it. I'm going to give this to you. And he'd be like, that's fine. I don't know why I need this. And then like two scenes later, he falls into 
the water and there's a shark and it's like well good thing and you know and like that's every bond movie right they give him like a gadget that telegraphs a scene like two two acts before yeah yeah like as soon as you're like it's like if you're ever near a body of water and then you see him run by a body of water and you're like well i think i can figure out where this is going this movie does that one thousand times this eight valerian appears appears to have a bat utility belt full of gadgets that have one purpose because right before he is coated in this viscous fluid yes um he takes this what appears to be like a rebreather from star yes, wars that, which is what i mouth. thought it was i was like oh it's like a little oxygen pack so he won't well, die how smart yeah so he, he'll be okay he pops it in his mouth he falls down and then as he's laying there it opens up and a small robotic spider comes out cuts open with a knife dick. the thing the spider with a knife, a knife dick, dick. And then climbs back into his mouth receptacle. And, um, he has a mouth spider for goo escape, Pogues. Yeah, I don't know and what, what, what that makes is. it insane is it appears that these people made these weapons. So he just happens to have a device to get him out of the most, like, you don't see it any other time. It's not like you, like, in the early scenes when they're in the other dimension, you see people getting shot with that thing and you're like, oh, it makes sense. That's like a common uh you know non-violent the, the, means to subdue people no the he, weight marble gun was cool like i yes, get why you'd have that, that you, one you're trying neat, to catch it yeah. you're trying to catch like a thief running away with your shit you, you you shoot these homing little discs on him and he gets like weighed down and he can't run away yeah i get it yeah that, that's that's interesting but this was yeah that the spider but thing also was just so weird because i was like when else would this ever come in handy because if they just tied him up somebody would see that thing in his mouth and just knock it out you know what I mean? He like pulls out, they would yeah. never get him out of any other situation than been peed. He pulls put out in a like thousand a gadgets cocoon. that are so nuanced, but also they all break immediately. His his teleporting gun hand from like the big market yeah. breaks. That little like platform thing that he uses later on when he's like barely through walls. Like, he creates he this, never like, uses that gun. ever again. He does three platforms, then it breaks. Like he just. They all have these... I mean, he flies that little spaceship out of his spaceship and breaks it. Every fucking thing he has for every stupid nuance scene, he destroys seconds after putting his hands on it. Um, and it's just the most useless thing. But So this kidnapping scene happens. Um, then he boards his own ship, which I assume is like back in a parking lot somewhere. And this entire time, not one single member of what I imagine is 10 nations worth of of governmental security mobilizes they've got robots that can kill anything that they later show they don't make an appearance here no person with a single two brain cells to run together rub together makes one single attempt to stop these people he he, like valerian runs back to his fucking parking garage like pays his parking meter ticket gets into his ship flies out and manages to catch up with the aliens who, who are here's a here's a question why are they flying where are they going because they, their base in this... is in the center of the space station in a what they are told is a radiation zone so why are they flying anywhere they walked to the place they got to so it was like this is really bizarre why are they flying away and then their ship is made up of thousands of little ships it was such I, I a confusing, wanna... and then the scene after this is the one that really got me, where I was just like, when she goes, it, it's like, once he crashes trying to find this little ship, the movie derails for about 35 minutes. And you're just like, what does any of this have to do with the plot of this fucking movie? He he gets derailed, she goes down where there's these gigantic whale creatures which i don't know why somebody would transport those to a space station you know what i mean like this yeah. why are, did they fly there because why would they fly there they don't appear to know how to use space they appear to be whales in space i they don't explain it makes no sense why they're on the the city of a thousand planets they steal this jellyfish that eats your memories or something so she can figure out where he is instead of it you know again a scene that could have been cut out entirely and he could have just been like uh, I'm here, I'm at, you know, 136, and then his mic goes out, and they can't talk to him anymore, and she goes to find him. So I don't need this scene. It serves no purpose. Because she it has never to, comes back. 
she has to go to these fucking like Watto, oh, yeah. Dobby, like long nose aliens who are the most obnoxious thing, and they stick around for a while. And it feels and, like it feels like had they cast like three comedians, it could have maybe been like better. Sure, you know what I mean. Or if it had just been like one comedian doing like all three lines separately, and they just put them together. But instead, it's just like the most random, unfunny dialogue. But it's clearly meant to be. Yeah, like comedy relief, but it's not funny at all. Um, and 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 she has to like yeah, she has to go in a submarine and f- chase some thing, and then we're yeah, introduced to a, a character who on. does not appear again. Uh, yeah, it's like Jacques Cousteau ripoff, and yeah, with like a wonk eye, and who's really excited about drinking champagne. Uh, and that's like what got me about this scene is if she had gotten something from putting the jellyfish on her head. I'd be like, oh, okay, this, I get it. Like, she learned something about the events they're trying to unravel. What, what's going on with these uh, Pearl people or whatever the fuck they're called. But no, she gets right. nothing. She gets, all she gets is the information to walk to the next set piece where then she gets kidnapped. So it's like all of her agency is instantly removed because when she arrives, they get in a fight about whether or not she likes him. And I was like, what? It this? was. It's so, like, dumb. These two sequences were like in Doom or something, where you're running around, you like you, you kill a bunch of monsters, and then it's like the next time to go through, you're like, oh, I don't have the red key card. I have to go do fucking, I have to go dig around for the goddamn red key card before the movie can keep going. Yes. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, she gets kidnapped. And then, for some reason, to save her, he has to go to the red light district all right here's uh, what gets me though with that scene before when she gets kidnapped is like she shows up and she's like i found you and instantly he's like it's because you want to fuck me and it's like what and it like just removes all of her agency as like a character and as a spy and you're just like why did i have to watch that scene if like instantly she arrives and it's just like yeah i know you want me and then yeah she gets kidnapped by these i don't know what the fuck like jar jar nightmare monsters that are I don't know what was going on with that scene. But yeah, the fact that to rescue her, he has to go to the brothels was like such a bizarre inclusion. Like, I don't understand why he had to go there of all places. And why the red light district is located next to these monsters. Yeah, but he has to go to the red light district, which is a great chance to introduce Rihanna. Because Rihanna's in this for 10 minutes, um, uh, conservatively. Because she just kind of arrives and, 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 and she most, appears of, on, most of what she is in is a dance number in which half of it is not her. I don't know why the movie decided we had time for this. Because there's there's supposed to be fucking stakes at play. But we spend, I, I think... It's got, it's got to be five, six minutes, if not more. Five to six minutes watching Rihanna try on 15 different watching, costumes. Yeah, watching Rihanna do like this like vaudeville dance routine... And where she keeps changing into different outfits, including some Pope's, racially insensitive ones. All while Ethan Hawke is playing some sort of yeah, weird... Ethan Hawke is a space pimp. Ethan Hawke! Ethan fucking Hawke is a space That's pimp so weird for no reason! Like, I'm so mad. Oh god, like, I'm like scream. Clive Owen's in it. Ethan Hawke. Um, Rucker Hauer. Herbie Hancock. It's like there's all these actual actors who appear to be trying... But they're offset with a dude who has no act. He's not acting at all. He's just monotone reading a script. And in a movie that's so bad shit insane, but they're all like playing it like it's a regular movie. But and, and, and just, here's some, here's some real talk for you, fails. folks. Here's some real talk. Um, I totally have a crush on Rihanna. I have for quite some time. Really? Uh, she's, she's, of a, she's of a small list of celebrities that I, I, I'm like, thumbs up. This movie destroyed that. This movie destroyed that because it's not like I like oh she's a bad actor or whatever like fine uh, she was in Battleship I don't give a shit oh she's but, so bad uh, in that movie <laughs> she's so bad but 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 just this weird she's like merging with this blue like fucking she is this blue goo monster the goo monster CGI shit looks like it's from a different movie it looks like it's from like a Pixar film oh yeah yeah it looks she, so she, out of place she does not fit like it's as if like oh, they God. only half rendered her compared to like everything else is like you could tell it's fake but it's all and like, every line super, like high rendered every line they wrote for her was supposed to be a comedic land and none of it land like she's trying to do bits the whole oh, time oh yeah she's like it's so hard to walk in this man suit thing 
Um, and it and and she she has all these attempts at jokes. None of them work. No, uh, and, all and then, just and take us a... in between her jokes. There's a moment where she talks about how she was sold into slavery as a child. And you're just like, wow, this is gonna oh. undercut everything else she oh. says for the rest of the movie. How can I find this character like lovable when I'm like you know like oh isn't she lighthearted? It's like no, she's a sex slave. This is this is horrifying. Why would you? Who dies? Yes, who, who dies instantly? She's in it for like you said, 10, 15 minutes. She helps him sneak into this place supposedly so that he doesn't cause a diplomatic incident then he straight up murders the king of these people he cuts his head off he and it's like okay that's a diplomatic incident you that just, might be an incident that might make the papers <laughs> it was so insane it's like another point in this movie where there's like they make a big deal out of something and then instantly forget why it was a big deal and he, and he could have been in disguise or not but he's He's so not in disguise that his face is made clear. He says his own name like a hundred times. And then his friend, the shapeshifter, also (laughs) takes his form just in case you didn't see the other one. Yes. So he can do like a weird like trying to hit on Laureline, which was like also very weird. But then I don't get it. They, they they run away and they jump down like a trash chute and they get out. And then she's like, I must have been wounded. It's like you're a gelatinous creature. How the fuck could you... At one point, you open a hole in your own body so that Laureline can stab somebody through it. How could they possibly have wounded you? I, I don't... It was just like, they were just like, well, we don't want her to be in the rest of the movie, so she's dead now. It's like, couldn't she have just, like... Why didn't you just be like, all right, go live your life. Pretend to be somebody else, you know? It was it was one of the many scenes where you're just like, I, this is where you went with this. It is, um, it is very disappointing, but... And it's also F- insane, too, because, again, like I said, they have Ethan Hawke, and he's just, like, completely worthless. Like, there's nothing to him. And the other thing about that is, when they first go into the red light district, did you notice there's a, a song playing in which the person identifies themselves, and it's Wyclef Jean? I'm like, I don't think Wyclef Jean was famous when this movie came out. <laughs> it's certainly not going to be famous, yeah, like, 500 years from- in the future. <laughs> It's a song from 97, but so is every ounce of Rihanna's dance. Like, yes. Rihanna's, like, Rihanna's dressed like a 70s, like, disco roller skater, which Valeria should be like, what are you doing? Yes, it's so insane. <laughs> the Wyclef Jean thing, though, actually made me laugh out loud, because, like, yeah, he's, yeah, like yeah. he's like, it's Wyclef Jean, and he's, like, rapping over Saturday Night Fever, and I was like, why would this be the song that survives? Like, of all the music we've ever recorded, this song makes it into the future? Uh, I also want to point out that at this point in the movie, these are my notes. And this is goes, my last five notes are here because I stopped, I stopped giving energy to consuming the remainder of the third act, which was conservatively the most boring part of this movie. Um, I just have written, Ethan Hawke is a space pimp. Oh yeah, Rihanna's in this. And oh, she's not good. Then a separate note, Rihanna is very bad in this. Then a second note, I am very bored and then i think a note that comes from the very end of the movie oh clive owens the bad guy couldn't have seen that coming those are all my notes i'm all done that's all i had to write down about the rest Wait, of the here's one of my 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 one which oh, is has a squeaky fart from here the the species that is trying to eat laureline the, the really dumb ones who like don't have a language apparently yes how the fuck did they make a spaceship to get to this place they look like I they are. Know. They look like they are like a group of people. They can't spell. They don't apparently have a, like a like a spoken language. How can they possibly have created interspell stellar travel? It's so crazy. It's like why are they here? And then yeah, they oh go ahead. They resemble uh they resemble to me. Oh god, I'm spacing on it. Uh, from Star Wars, I'm really everything to Star Wars. Like the big um the big like guards uh gamorian guards like the yeah. gamorians from from well they're just like giant pig people who look who appear to be like savages right yeah. they're just like, they, like uh, big they, brutish d- dummies with like spears they have like, like no know. language they just grunt at each other the king is given tons of delicacies which he keeps throwing away and then when he finally sees he's gonna eat, gonna eat the brains of a human he gets all excited and his wife again instead of speaking is just like ooh, 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 ooh. it's like where is the space shuttle that got them here? And who originally let them onto this space station? Who was the guy, like, when they showed up, wasn't like, yeah, we're not going to let you guys on here. You are you seem insane. Uh, th- uh, let's just I, go- I don't think... 
I don't think I could even sum up what happens in the well, third act. All right, act I'm going to go because... through the third act real quick because it's really not worth it. So he gets her back. They make it into the zone, which is supposedly filled with radiation, but it's not. That's where these Pearl people are. They've kidnapped the commander. He admits that they destroyed their planet, blah, blah, blah. All this dumb stuff. They're going to blow it up. His robots, because he'd rather be dead than, you know, humiliated. I guess he's going to have his robots kill everybody they don't really explain it super well they all die but there is a a moment in this ending like because Lorelai wants wants to let the pearl people go to take the the mule converter which is that little lizard and give it to them so they can create this spaceship which is going to launch them into space and then somehow create a planet i didn't exactly understand how that worked and it appears the planet is just like on the other side of a wall because at one point they're both there i really didn't understand it but She's like, I'm going to give it to him. He's like, you can't. That's government property. And she's like, but it's theirs and all this. And he's like, look, I'm by the book. At no point in this movie has he been by the book. He openly he openly uh, mocks Colin, uh, Clive Owen's character before he knows he's a bad guy. He constantly skirts the rules. He runs through a series of walls in a space station with like no remorse of being like, I can't do this. I can't destroy. As you mentioned earlier... He decapitated a king. Yes, he's not by the book at all. He's the literal exact opposite of it. And he's like, I can't do it. And they have like this moment. And again, I'm like, why are you interested in this guy? He's like a sociopath. He's not cool. He's not suave. He's not charismatic. He's just like a really annoying character. And then, so they end up flying away. And Clive Owen's character is going to be arrested, I guess. And I get it, I, you know, good for him. I don't know. <laughs> it was such a weird wrap-up. And then the Pearls get their planet back, and then we get, like, a five-minute scene where they say they're going to get married because he's going to erase his playlist, which, again, I still don't know what the fuck it is. Like, is it just, like, phone numbers of girls that he can call it a booty call? Or is it, like, a, a catalog of porn? It really is bothering me. I, I, I... I... I don't even I don't even think my brain took in the second the, the last third of this movie. I don't think I, I I my brain recorded any information. Yeah, I was gonna say once they were in the like the little shuttle at the end floating. I just my note you know. was just like I don't like either one of these people, so I don't care if they live or die. Let alone care if they get married. <laughs> like I could not care less about these two relationships. I don't like them. I don't want them to be together. I don't want to ever see them interact again. It was such a. It, it was just such a bad movie. Uh, and ultimately, it's it's extremely disappointing because you know I've actually read a little bit of uh, you were read earlier. Uh, actually, it is, it is uh, Valerian and Laureline is the name like the the overarching series. Um, I've read a little bit of it. It's you know it's 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 certainly a different uh, era of of comic book yeah. writing, but it's good. And it's been a lot of people's inspirations. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, the 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 uh, I can't remember his name right now, but the guy who did all the um, concept art for Star Wars cites a ton of the, this this book as being a huge inspiration for his work. Uh, uh, obviously, that like Luke Besson's work on the Fifth Element, which is a movie I love. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it, even like um, even like stuff from like that doesn't even feel like it relates. Like Conan the Barbarian apparently was like inspired by like some like the more like like uh, uh, primitive societies they visit and stuff. This has such a huge influence well, on It seems like if you were to like go in, culture. sit down, and you're like, all right, there's a comic. It's about this group of people, and they're in space. They're like these badass bounty hunters or whatever they are in the comic, because maybe they work for the government. I don't know. But you're like, oh, there's this giant space station that has all a thousand planets worth of like inhabitants have come and they've built this giant space station and they have to interact with like different aliens and they're trying to do all this stuff and they're like law enforcement in your mind you're like yeah that could be a great story like why wouldn't that be a great story see people like interacting with tons of different aliens they're all grouped together though because of this space station you're like all right cool that could be a great story and i feel like the comic is beloved because it is a great story this though is a terrible story sandwiched in like i almost want to read the entire run of the comic just to be like what was in the movie that was in the comic like are those that the jellyfish thing was that from like a beloved story arc you know what i mean like i wonder if there's stuff that i'm missing because i've never read it but it just feels like there's so much inclusion of these things that i don't give a shit about 
And I don't know why they felt yeah. the need to spend so much of the movie worrying about the the weird, uh, you know, primitive aliens who are on the station, the blue thing that can assume the form. Like I'm, I just, it's such a weird departure. The movie looks great, but it is not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, I did make comments as we went about things that were amazing. Uh, I, I talked about it earlier, the, uh, the whole sequence with Big Market, if you ignore the logic that doesn't work, uh, is such like a delight, like this like sprawling desert landscape, the sort of goofy tourists, intergalactic human tourists, like the, the sky and like the ground as they're traveling there looks like it's made out of like crayon, um, this, this world. I mean, if, if you take the time to think about how much work went into like the scenes where he's like barreling through walls, like as you're showing just scene after scene of these vivid like you see the deep deep distant backgrounds ships moving like fake signs for fake products there's so much like joy that got put into the the setting of each and every frame of this movie that i have to respect it is so disappointing that it even despite that there's no redeeming way to watch this movie uh yeah yeah that's kind of tragic actually i I feel like what makes the movie even more like unwatchable and annoying is the fact that like while watching it the whole time i was like there there's there could have been an amazing movie with these two characters in it and they could have turned it into a series of movies that would have been really cool but instead it's just a real shit fest i mean it's just it's really bad i would not recommend seeing this movie ben would you yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I think it's too boring. I think maybe if you got high and watched it, it's so bright and colorful that could be cool. But I don't yeah, think that's. I, yeah, I don't. I, I don't get high, but I feel like if I did, this would be something that could be. Although I still think the middle would just be boring, even if you were stoned out of your mind, because nothing yeah. happens. But uh, no, so I know I wouldn't recommend it. I would just, even though it's probably um, different than your traditional read, I would just recommend reading the actual book uh yeah far more than i'd recommend the movie and if, if for some reason you did want to watch this movie after hearing us talk about it it is on amazon prime so you don't have to rent it if you have amazon prime i don't know after we gave it this recommendation if you would want to sit through it or if something we said sounded so insane you want to check it out you can see it there uh i did want to mention i forgot to mention this two episodes ago i we have an updated theme song which you heard at the beginning Woo! Uh, thank you aaron Aaron, yeah aaron smith our our good friend and uh music producer has for some reason so nicely i I asked him originally to make us a theme song he did it and wouldn't even let me give him money for it and then just out of nowhere a few months ago he sent me this and he was like here i did this when i was just messing around trying to get used to making kind of electronic music and i was like oh cool so we got another free theme song (laughs) so i like it so it's in there he's an awesome dude um Check out why well, now I feel really bad because I meant to look this up. He has an album up and I can't remember what it's called on Spotify. Uh, it's uh, it's Ope O P E. Yes, um, is is the name of uh, of his sort of handle. Yeah, uh, go look him up on Spotify. He has an album and I meant to look it up and I cannot find it because I'm a terrible friend, guys. I'm like the worst. <laughs> Have I mentioned I'm bad at all things in life? <laughs> um. Yeah, so with that, I, I was... Oh, I was wait, just, wait. Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> a repeat warning, don't watch this movie. Tune in next week for our mini-episode. And um, also, while well, Pogues is distracted, send help, send help. I don't want to keep watching these movies, but Pogues keeps making me. Send help, send help, send help. All right, I heard that, and this will be edited out Damn. like all your other previous Shit. attempts. Now, you're going to get yeah. back in your cage. Also, the album's well, called Who Will Be There at the End. Check it out on Spotify, it's really good. Well... Jokes on you! I can escape my my cage with my mouse spider. <laughs> <laughs>